Redesigned. Road to the bag is definitely tied to your team and the company that you keep. If you are surrounding yourself with different energies that's not on the same wavelength as you, if they not praying for you, inspiring you, supporting you, or showing you a better way, hello, remove them immediately. Or you can take them to church. Pray for them, take them to church, but you can't help them get there though. You got to take care of yourself. You know what it's called? It's like we talked about the other day, it's like being on an airplane and the thing come down. You got to take care of yourself first. You know what I'm saying? Put the mask on. Put the mask on. Just be willing to sacrifice, you know. Discipline, doing what you hate to do, but do it like you love it. You know, always testing yourself and forcing yourself and that was your weekly dose of monday motivation hope you enjoyed that welcome to another episode of the redesign podcast it's andrew also known as mr kate box and this is the podcast where we explore digital culture social change technology entrepreneurship all of that good stuff and yeah Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, if you want to get involved in the conversation, we're active on Twitter with the hashtag RedesignedPod. So jump on the Twitter and uh, you can follow me personally at Andrew underscore CBX. Don't forget, if you like this podcast, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe wherever you're listening. Talking about lots of different things this week. Going to be talking about Netflix and their price increases. TV shows that are kind of highlighting what's going on with the technological advances that are rapidly taking place right now that I think you should keep your eye on. We're going to be talking about voice assistance and how that's going to impact the way we use the internet and and how it's going to also impact business owners. We're going to be talking about SEO and a new thing called AEO in relation to voice assistance and also 5G back in the headlines again. All of that coming up after the intro. Are you sure you can blame it on social media? Flexing is good for business. Spending money makes you money. Bitcoin down more than 30% this week. Redesigned. You've got to put in the effort every single day. Running a business isn't for everyone. They need role models and not just movie stars and athletes. We are the digital influencers. They're creating content. There's no denying the power of digital media, but it also poses a real challenge. Welcome back to the other side. Yeah, so Netflix, I told you, I knew the price was going to go up. With all these different streaming services popping up, it's inevitable that prices are going to go up. It's simple economic supply and demand. More and more people are streaming their TV programs as opposed to watching live TV. It is an inevitable shift. So let's crack on and head over to a couple of headlines talking about what's going on with Netflix and what sort of price increases you can expect. Netflix subscribers are about to get a bigger monthly bill. It's a price increase that's kicking in in the next billing cycle. And joining us live from the Fox Business Network studios is Tracy Carrasco. Hi, Trace. How are you? Good morning. Good to see you. So, Tracy, is this another increase from the one we just told people about? 
No, this is the one that was previously announced in January, but now Netflix is putting that price increase into effect. So subscribers are getting that email reminding them that the billing cycle, the next one, will be a little higher. They will see that $1 to $2 increase depending on which package they have. So the most basic package, that'll be going up from $8 to $9 a month. The middle one, that will be $11 to $13 a month now. And then the most premium package, that will be going from $14 a month now to $16 a month. This is the fourth price increase and the biggest that Netflix has implemented uh, since they've started. But they say the money is all going to that original content that many Netflix subscribers have come to appreciate. They've been pouring billions of dollars into all of those original shows, so they've got to keep that going with the price increase, but I don't know that it will really cause many people to cancel their subscriptions because it is still a lot cheaper than cable, but I am very curious to see what happens once that Apple TV subscription comes out, uh, if people, how the price point will be for that, if people will maybe cancel one for the other, we'll see. So what's going on over here in the UK, it's going to be around the same price increase so it's going to be one or two pounds extra depending on what package you're subscribed to and um yeah i think it's actually a good thing because they are investing the money back into original content which is why we love netflix so much it's the original content let me know what is your favorite netflix series chime in on the hashtag redesign pod on twitter um i'll tell you about my favorite shortly but before we crack on with that, 5G is back in the headlines again. Okay, so um, I try and keep this podcast as factually correct as possible, if that makes sense. Um, a couple of podcasts ago, I mentioned um, Vodafone being the first to switch on 5G. That is not absolutely true because they're the first to switch on 5G, but not in a commercial sense. So it's not available to customers at the moment it's not going to be available to customers before ee so 5g has already been switched on by ee um it's a bit confusing because there were 5g terminals in some train stations in london and birmingham so who really switched it on first it's uh, i'm i'm a bit confused because now bbc news are reporting that ee is the first network to switch on but yeah let's jump over to some news from the bbc about the the switch on from ee more now on the news that the uk's first 5g network which should allow mobile users to download entire films in seconds has been switched on today e is starting the service in six major uk cities with 10 more locations due to come online by the end of the year well today the bbc uh, had the uk's first live broadcast over a 5g connection chris fox is in covent garden for us now where there's a really good 5g connection uh chris tell us more about what 5g can do that 4g can't well fingers crossed if this works really well you'll notice a short delay between you asking me a question and me answering because that's one of the benefits of 5g and of course there's that higher data rate so we can pump more data that means you should be seeing me in full hd if you're watching in hd crystal clear pictures no breakup now broadcasters already used devices like this to strap together 
about eight 4G connections to do this kind of thing. Well, now we can do it all with one 5G SIM card. And we've done a little speed test just now. We're getting 270 megabits per second. That's about 10 times at least faster than what you'd get on a 4G phone. Rory was here earlier. He got 600 megabits per second. So very, very fast indeed. So in terms of uh, people who aren't broadcasting, tell us a little bit more about what it might mean for uh, phone use. Yeah, for phone users, I've got the uh, movie streaming service open here. If I try and download some episodes of the BBC's Bodyguard, I'll just start a download going there. And that's about an hour program. Hopefully, this will just take a few seconds to go. So those download speeds is one of the major benefits. Also, low latency. So when I just talked about a very short time delay between you asking your question and me answering, that's also very useful for things like gaming. And that download's done, by the way, the whole hour episode just in seconds. Might as well do the whole series, it's worth a watch. But yeah, those short download speeds are very good. There's also, you can fit many more connections on to a 5G uh, setup. So if you've ever been to a stadium or a concert and you've noticed, oh, I can't get on the internet right now, there's too many people, in theory, 5G will solve that. So some big benefits for us in the future. Mm, that was uh, impressively fast, Chris. Um, but let's just ask finally about the health concerns that some people might have around 5G. Just explain to us what those concerns are and what the response from EE is. Well, 5G works a little bit differently. You need many more masts. So people are always concerned when masts go up, especially near their homes or schools. In theory, something like 5G could have a mast on every lamppost or something like that. Uh, it uses not dissimilar technology to existing 4G. So in that kind of respect, it shouldn't be more damaging to our health. EE says it uses a guidance from the World Health Organization to make sure that it's way within acceptable limits of radiation. And the kind of radiation that 5G and 4G uses is non-ionizing radiation. So it doesn't break down your DNA. In theory, it should be safe. It's low energy radiation at the opposite end of the spectrum from something like X-rays. Okay, so that is it. Um, it's in headlines again, as I mentioned. But this time, a lot of people are clocking onto the fact that this is uncharted territory in terms of the health risks, the dangers. We've never been exposed to this level of radiation before and there have been no independent studies on the effects of 5G and the sort of frequencies that it relies upon. So we're basically guinea pigs and we can't really avoid it because they've already switched it on, which is uh, slightly worrying. And there's been a... I was watching a video not long ago, a couple of days ago. I was watching a video from this guy, from a, a doctor from the UK who's like he's been in the medical profession for about 44 years Dr Robin Kelly and I'm going to play a little snippet of what he had to say about um his views on 5G and how it's it's not been tested and you know the dangers and all of that stuff and let me know what you guys think chime in on the hashtag redesign pod let me know what you think so let's go over to that right now so this is a statement from me, Dr. Robin Kelly. I'm a London qualified medical doctor of 44 years standing and a general practitioner in Auckland here for 38 years. I'm also a medical and science researcher and writer. Two of my books have won Science Book of the Year prizes in the USA. 
I've spent the past two years or so researching the effects of various electromagnetic frequencies, including non-ionizing radio frequencies, the effect on human and animal tissue with a focus on any potentially tissue damaging effects. There is already a large body of peer-reviewed papers addressing the health effects of the existing generations of wireless radiation. Just one example, a $25 million US dollar funded peer-reviewed study by the US National Toxicology Program in association with the National Institutes of Health showed cell phone radiation, existing cell phone radiation, was causally linked to swan cell cancers of the heart and brain gliomas in rats, <clears throat> as well as DNA damage. So what is being proposed and is already being rolled out uh, in the fifth generation of 5G, 5G is a significant increase of intensity and frequency of radiation into millimeter waves, able to carry considerably more information and with a considerably shorter lag time, most instantaneous. This is deemed essential by the industries for competitive business networking, better gaming, and virtual reality experiences devoid of motion sickness. <clears throat> it also provides the necessary electromagnetic field enveloping background for the coming Internet of Things, essential for driverless cars, apparently also giving New Zealand an edge in the next America's Cup. Internationally, the investment in 5G and the coming Internet of Things runs into many billions of dollars and soon will be measured in trillions. The bottom line, though, is that there have been no independent scientific studies showing that the proposed rollout already happening in certain areas of the world is safe. Without safety studies, then humans and animals exposed to this new mix of frequencies become the lab rats, or as the Minister of, of Environment in Brussels named us, guinea pigs. Before examining exactly how this situation has been allowed to happen, I would like to dispel certain myths. Myth number one, that only ionising radiation, i.e. X-rays, nuclear fallout, gamma rays, etc., are damaging to human tissue. Myth number two, that the only health concern about non-ionising radiation uh, are, are the thermal heat effects on the body. In response to this, in truth, over 600 peer-reviewed scientific papers have shown damaging non-thermal effects of radiofrequency non-ionising radiation. There are no studies, this is another myth, that no studies showing risks from existing radiofrequencies were also already mentioned that study. That the higher gigahertz frequencies are safe because they only penetrate superficial layers of the body. And even if this was correct, and this hasn't been proven, then it is only a statement made by someone with zero knowledge of biology. Our skin is intimately connected to the rest of our body, obviously, integrated. The clear fact is that by increasing the frequencies, intensities and the pulse nature of electromagnetic waves impacting on our bodies, we're going to go into unknown territory. The independent scientists who have studied the effects of existing radiation have expressed deep concerns about this 
extrapolating that this is a very dangerous move. An international moratorium of scientists and physicians are calling for a halt to the rollout of 5G, citing the precautionary principle, which forms the basis of good health science. In other words, first do no harm. So to be perfectly clear, no, absolutely zero independent studies have been performed to show this is safe for us, our children, our babies, our fertility, our pets, our insects, our skin microbiome, <clears throat> our blood. So how has this been allowed to happen? How come commercial interests have been allowed to advance to this late stage while common sense peer-reviewed scientists are being ignored? Yeah, it's all slightly worrying, you know, um, and especially as there have been a couple of countries that have kind of postponed it until, you know, there's been further independent study. And it's funny because uh, Belgium are the first major city to, to actually postpone 5G due to the health effects and there not being sufficient um, studies into the, um, the health effects. So... Yeah, look out on my Twitter. I'm going to be posting uh, some links to some of these articles so you can read up on it for yourself. But yeah, 5G, boy. Mm. It's kind of peak still. Let's go for a quick break. If all you can see is a fuzzy screen, then call us now on 0990 220 220 and we can connect you instantly. And if you can tell me what that was, that little piece of nostalgia there for you, chime in on the hashtag RedesignPod. And if you can tell me, you're a dirty bugger. Moving on. I was talking about TV programs and stuff that kind of highlight what's going on with technology and society. Um, if you like this podcast, then you'll probably love some of these uh, TV programs. They're quite interesting. One of them I discovered recently is called Years and Years, and that's on BBC. Look at the state we are in. God knows we need to shake things up. So I propose that in order to vote, every British citizen must take an IQ test. God, what did she just say? Are you saying that some people are too stupid to vote? I've got you listening now, haven't I? You can catch it on iPlayer. And those of you listening in the US of A is coming to HBO on the 24th of June as well. So you can catch it on HBO. It's basically about a family in the UK around the year 2026 where Britain crashes into a economic crisis and, you know, life is kind of been made really difficult the politics is just is, is just in disarray economic shifts and also of course technological advances so it's basically about the family going through their own trials and tribulations navigating all the the crazy stuff that's going on with technology and also like the new world that they find themselves living in um so that's quite new that came out on came out on the 14th of may of this year so it's quite new you can check it out on bbc iplayer um, speaking of futuristic or technology-based TV shows, Black Mirror. Oh my gosh, I love Black Mirror. Black Mirror is my favourite Netflix series. 
Black Mirror is launching their fifth season this Wednesday, Wednesday the 5th of June. It's going to be a mazine. I am going to have my popcorn ready. Trust me. So if you don't know what Black Mirror is, it's a futuristic sci-fi uh, fantasy series where they uh, have different stories based on like the future, how life could be in the future. Um, some of it is an exaggeration of technology, but some of it is, um, is, is strikingly real. Like some of the stuff that you watch, you actually can see it coming into society. Um, so it's a good predictor of what kind of technology, what kind of world we're going to be living in in the next five to 10 years. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually brilliant. Love that. So season five's coming out on 5th of June. Go check that out. All right, so let's jump into this week's main feature. We're going to be talking about SEO and also um, we're going to be talking about the rise of voice assistance coming up after the interlude. <laughs> So if you're a business owner or a personal brand, you'll probably have your own website. You may want to know how you can actually get more visibility for your website, how you can get more traffic, how you can get more people finding your business, your product, your service, you know, how to build your audience. Now, one of the things that's a lot of the time overlooked is search engine optimization, also known as SEO. A lot of people, when they build new websites, they wrongly believe that if you just build it, people are going to come. People are going to find it. They wrongly believe people will just find your website without you having to do any work. Well, if you're operating in a very competitive market, um, if you're operating in a very saturated niche, then your chances of being discovered on Google, especially when you first get started, are very, very slim. So you're going to have to work to actually climb the ranks and get your business or your your page discovered by you know people who are looking for people like you people are looking for what you have to offer so let's talk about search engine optimization now search engine optimization is a process of like increasing the quality and also the quantity of website traffic the whole idea is to be number one on google basically so you want to be on the first page of google at least the second page maybe because generally people don't even they don't really scroll past page two unless they really can't find what they're looking for and it's about to get even worse and um that's one, one thing i'm going to talk about very shortly with you know the rise of voice assistance and where we're going with voice search but before we do that let's quickly talk about seo keywords are very very important but what are keywords keywords are basically ideas and topics that define what your content is about so in terms of seo they're the words and phrases that people are going to put into google or yahoo or bing or whichever whichever search engine they're using to find your page yeah so that's what a keyword is so when you're writing your website you want to make sure that your most relevant keywords are included in the copy of your website. So whatever you write in your website, the actual page content, you want to make sure that you include um, keywords that have the most 
not just the most traffic but they've got to be relevant as well so for example if you're selling ice cream you don't want to why would you be selling ice cream on the internet anyway so with keywords you want to make sure that the buying intent is there so for example um, graphic designer is very different to when someone types in graphic designer in london the fact that they've put in london at the end shows that there's a intent to actually get in contact with that business because they're using the location so the minute you add a location to something it means that the buyer is probably serious about you know contacting that business so you've got to really do some research on what people are searching for to reach similar businesses or services like yours and one really good tool um i like is keywords everywhere and that is a google chrome extension that you can just put into your browser and then it tells you all the different search volumes so for example how many people search for the volume of a particular keyword basically how many people per month are searching for that specific thing so this plugin actually tells you that so then you can put together a strategy where you can maybe kind of like estimate or preempt how many um, monthly visitors you're going to get to your site you can actually do that um, but yeah that's for maybe a different episode so let's say for example you are um you sell cakes okay so wedding cakes birthday cakes celebration cakes or whichever let's say you sell cakes right and you want to be found in your local area you want to make sure that your keywords are pointing to you know let's say for example you are in london and then you want to include the surrounding county so essex surrey kent all of those areas so you can just say uh wedding cakes in kent or wedding cakes near kent near surrey near essex whichever and that is somewhere embedded into your website you want to make sure that those keywords are listed somewhere in your website um best thing to do is speak to a, a web designer to get this done if you don't know how to do it yourself but if you're developing the website yourself with things like wix or squarespace or wordpress there are parts of the website where you can go into the back end and actually put those keywords in as tags um so yeah that's just the basics you want to make sure that you find how many people are searching for certain things and it will also give you suggested searches as well it will tell you what related searches are available what other things are people putting into google related to those search terms so it's a so it's a google chrome extension called keywords everywhere that's the tool it's absolutely free it is really good it tells you how much search traffic certain keywords are getting you can actually use that to plan the content of your website as well another really good tool is called answer the public and that tells you what questions people are asking so it's not just about search queries it's about what questions people are asking and the really great thing about that is you can use that to create content which answers those questions and that is a very very vital part of the um, SEO strategy um, creating content blog content video content or podcast content that answers specific questions um, and once you once you can do that successfully over a period of time your website will start to rank for those uh, for answers to those questions which is really important moving forward when we are moving towards the era of voice assistance um, which I will talk about very very shortly but before that there's other things that you can do um, to help your search engine optimization have you ever heard of 
alt tags yeah make sure you use alt tags in all your images on your website so alt tags also known as alt attributes or alt descriptions are a piece of html code applied to image tags or if you're using your if you're creating your website on wordpress uh, when you upload an image it will have a space for you to put in those tags it's just so that the search engines the robots that are indexing your website know what your image is about or what your image contains or the rel- it basically helps decide the relevancy of your image it also helps people who rely on voice readers to actually um, read out the content so people who are visually impaired that kind of stuff that always helps your your google ranking as well so make sure you're applying alt tags to all of your images um also make sure you're listed on google my business if you're a business owner make sure you are listed on google my business because then that will help with the local search rankings as well very 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 important which brings me to what i mentioned earlier we're talking about voice assistants voice assistants are the next big thing let me tell you this now you're probably going to get one for christmas this is my prediction yeah they're probably going to be one of the biggest christmas gifts this year in 2019 so voice assistants are the next big thing really to i personally i'm really tempted to get one i've been looking at all the different options lately there's loads of different voice assistants so you've got the google home pod no you've got the google assistant then you've got apple home pod and obviously you've got the most popular one which is the amazon echo which works with the ai system called alexa You've probably heard of that. But before I continue, um, if you're not familiar with what a voice assistant is, let's go to a quick Wikipedia definition of a voice assistant. A voice assistant is a digital assistant that uses voice recognition, speech synthesis and natural language processing to provide a service through a particular application. So, for example, I could say to my voice assistant, play the Joe Budden podcast or play Let's say, for example, play uh, Rihanna's latest album. So then it will just go and find it, whether it's Spotify, Apple Music or whichever. It will find that album and it will play it through the speakers. Um, You can also do things like make reminders. You could do things like ask for recipes and it will read it out to you. You can ask it to read audio books. There's so many different things you can do with it. But most significant thing, I guess, is the fact that it's allowing us to move away from relying so much on screens and then having the ability to actually access the Internet from a distance, you know, while you're doing something else. So you call out to it, it will give you the information, it will give you, let's say, for example, you want to place an order for something like or you want to call a cab, you can call Uber from it, you can order food from it, you can ask what the weather is. You know, you can ask it to send um, text messages and stuff like that. Even with Siri. Do you know what's mad? We've actually had Siri since the launch of the iPhone 4S, which was back in 2011. So imagine we've had that technology since like eight years ago. And only now it's really coming into public awareness. Alexa, tell me about the Amazon Echo. Amazon Echo is a device designed around your voice that can provide information, music, news, weather and more. Okay, cool. Alexa, how many teaspoons in a tablespoon? One tablespoon equals three teaspoons. Alexa, put on my Saturday playlist. Playing your Saturday playlist. Alexa, volume up. So in early 2000, Google and other search engines rose to prominence and the majority of searches came from desktop computers, right? Then 
fast forward to the 2010s, we've started to see a major shift from desktop use to mobile use, especially where search is concerned. So I'm sure you can agree with that. I definitely use my mobile way more than my laptop or my desktop for searches, apart from if I'm at work and then I'm on the computer, then obviously I'll just do a a young Google search or whatever. That's that. But most of the time I use my phone for like google searches but i have actually started to dabble with siri like especially like when you're driving but i'll get to that i'll get to that later but now what's happening is we're entering into a we're entering a new era going into the 2020s the voice assistant era and the internet of things so if you don't know i've mentioned the internet of things a couple of times on this podcast if you don't know what that is again quick wikipedia definition The Internet of Things is the extension of internet connectivity into physical devices and everyday objects embedded with electronics, internet connectivity and other forms of hardware such as sensors. These devices can communicate and interact with others over the internet and they can be remotely monitored and controlled. So that's what the Internet of Things is. Now, according to Trustpilot at the time of this recording, Around four out of 10 people in the UK are already using voice search, which is a massive leap from the uh, one in four people who were surveyed around 2015. So we're quickly moving from interacting with just screens to devices we can talk to from a distance while doing other things, as I mentioned before. It's definitely going to change the way that we search for information, entertainment, products and services. Now, the number one search engine at the moment is Google, but don't sleep on Bing. Yeah, don't sleep on Bing. Now, this is the search engine that powers both Amazon's Alexa and Microsoft's Cortana. So Microsoft have their own voice assistant as well. And they basically rely on Bing to create the search results. So why is any of this relevant? Now, remember, we talked about SEO and the importance of search engine optimization. Well, we're now moving to this thing called assistant engine optimization where people are going to start relying on their voice assistants to find restaurants to place orders for stuff to find information and what does it mean for businesses and consumers well for consumers it's going to be a lot easier we don't have to you know worry about charging our phones as much because we won't be we won't necessarily be on them as much in terms of Google, when you type something to Google, you get loads of different search results. So you get a page full of results. So you get ads at the top, maybe five ads, and then the organic search results. And then you kind of have to sift through which one is going to be the right one for you. So what is what is the difference? So with this, it's going to eliminate that. It's going to give you one answer. So it's literally going to be survival of the fittest. If you do not come up as the answer, my friend, you are done out here. You're done. So it's definitely going to change the game for businesses. I don't know how it's going to go in terms of like, can you advertise? But I don't think you can. Gary V mentioned this as well. Let's go to a quick snippet of what he had to say about the era that we're moving into with voice assistants. We are living through a heavy technology change. If we are not in the business of saying, hey Alexa, send me a Sonic shake. Hey Alexa, send me a Big Mac. Hey Alexa, book me an Orange Theory Workout. If you are not in the business of building brand, and I mean yesterday, you are about to become disproportionately vulnerable in a world that is going to be predicated by voice, not by visual text. Yeah, so it's definitely a winner-takes-all approach. Um, no more page one. It's all about giving definitive answers to specific 
questions it's still going to obviously coexist with normal search so people are still going to go on google or yahoo or whatever on their desktop their laptop their tablets or whatever but it's, it's it's very interesting to see how you know this is probably going to be the the first device that is going to be like a gateway drug for people into the internet of things so you're going to be able to like use that to control your lighting control your heating you know um look at what's who's at the front door you know that that connectivity already exists one of the voice assistants i was looking at getting is the echo 5 the echo show 5 or something like that it's got a screen on it as well so it allows you to connect it to the ring doorbell so you can see who's at the door on your screen which is quite cool as well um yeah interesting times we are living in so um yeah definitely looking to get one i was watching a video which kind of talks about all the differences between all the voice assistants um as i mentioned before you've got google assistant you've got you've got um the apple home pod these are the main ones by the way you've got obviously the amazon echo which uses uh which uses alexa you can get alexa on other speakers like the sonos as well um they're much more upmarket and they've got really high quality speakers um i might actually put out some links on the description so you can check out some of these you may even you might even want to buy some yourself obviously i get a small commission for it disclaimer um so yeah let me know what your thoughts are about these voice assistants do you have one are you considering getting one which one are you looking at getting do you know one thing that really annoyed me about the because i'm really invested in the apple ecosystem i've got the obviously i've got the mac the the iphones the macbook pro and whatever i'm heavily invested i've got tons of apps so it doesn't really make any sense me leaving the whole apple ecosystem i was thinking all right cool let me get the um let me get the apple homepod and when i discovered you can't play spotify through you can't call it and say play this podcast on spotify or whichever you can't do that i was like wow i was flabbergasted so i will not be purchasing any apple home pods until they sort out that issue because obviously they want you to be tied into their ecosystem the only way it works in terms of playing music or podcasts is if it exist on apple Podcasts or apple music so they want you to stay tied into that whereas with uh, amazon alexa they allow you to play music on spotify it doesn't have to be apple uh, their one which is um amazon prime amazon music or amazon prime music they actually allow you to use spotify not sure if they use they allow you to play through apple music i'm not sure if it works that way around but i definitely um tried to ask siri the other day to play the joe budden podcast on spotify and i was told no so yeah here what though on the flip side what if because someone's actually brought this up what if these devices were actually listening to your conversations when you're not actually using the trigger keyword like um hey siri or alexa blah 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 or okay google all those trigger words like you're not using those but it's just listening and recording your conversations imagine if you self snitch you snitched on yourself or you're talking about other stuff and you've incriminated somebody else not that like you know criminals you might you might not but the point is it could actually be used against you say if it only got part of the conversation and now because what happens when you trigger the um the keywords or when you use these these devices your voice recordings get sent over to their servers whether it's like 
Google or Amazon or whatever, they have access to those recordings, which they use for obviously customer service. They use it for um, improving the quality, quality control of the product and so on, making sure that, you know, they improve the algorithms and whatnot. But what's to say this stuff is not being shared by, uh, to like governments and law enforcement and stuff like that? Very interesting stuff because I actually saw um, it was on CNBC and they actually spoke about this. Let's jump over to that right now. A consumer watchdog organization warns in the future you may want to watch what you say around those voice-activated assistants sold by Google and Amazon. The group says patent applications reveal the smart devices may one day record your conversations to sell you things. Here's Jamie Yukis. What's the weather tomorrow? Tomorrow in Alhambra. You'll see lots of sun. Elizabeth Saldabar has been relying on her Amazon Echo ever since she got one as a Christmas gift last year. Did you have any concerns when you first got it? Well, you know, I actually never really thought about it. Google and Amazon, the leading companies that make these devices, say they only record your voice when you activate them with so-called wake words. Alexa, turn on the hall lights. Okay. Those recordings are then transmitted back to Amazon and Google servers, where the questions are analyzed and answered. While that's how they work now, some are worried that could change in the near future. They're there to track you, to surveil you, and to sell you. The advocacy group Consumer Watchdog studied dozens of patent applications for possible future advances in Google and Amazon's smart home technology. What these patents describe is that they're always watching. They're always listening. One Amazon patent shows the company could instruct the Echo device to listen for designated trigger words, like a discussion of vacation destinations. It could then transcribe that conversation and use it to try to sell the user of the device a related product. I just think that it's um, concerning that they would be able to have access to my private life. A spokesperson for Amazon tells CBS This Morning, we do not use customers' voice recordings for targeted advertising. Patents take multiple years to receive and do not necessarily reflect current developments to products and services. So let me know, chime in on the hashtag RedesignPod. Let me know, would you trust a Google Assistant or an Amazon Echo or whatever in your house? Let me know what your thoughts are one good thing about like for example at the moment i do use siri to find information so for example i'm driving and i say where is the nearest petrol station hey siri where is the nearest petrol siri see i just activated it just that so where is the nearest petrol station or where is the nearest mcdonald's stuff like that you know or where is the nearest tire shop stuff like that you know it's very very useful while your hands are on the steering wheel you can just talk activate it get the information and then it will give you a map and direct you to where that place is. So this is the way we're heading. So we're going to start to get more and more used to actually talking to our technology rather than tapping or typing, you know, looking at screens and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so the next stop is definitely going to be the Internet of Things. A bit worried about 5G, though. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah, that is it for this week. Uh, make sure you subscribe like comment chime in on the hashtag as well uh, you can follow me on the socials at andrew underscore cbx and yeah hope you enjoyed this episode and i will be back next week for another episode of the redesign podcast take care and bye for now redesigned